Okay, so a lot of stupid shit, but before we get there... And now, from beautiful Austin adjacent Leander, Texas, the most prolific independent film, entertainment, and comedy podcast in the world. We talk shit about movies so you don't have to. His name is Clarkson, my name is Jim, and we are the Film Thugs. Barbaric! And this shit just got real. Oh yeah. Barbaric. Boom, boom, boom. So, before we get going, I bet you're going to notice that there's something different in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that that little iPad I was using? Yes. Not here. Huh. So, yesterday morning, my AT&T bill processes, and it's like $120 more than it should be. Why that? I call them, and they were like, well, that iPad that you got with the two-year service agreement, it's this much to start it, this much. I was like, wait, 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 wait. What now? Uh, when I got it, I was asked, uh, I said specifically, explicitly, I don't want a service contract on this. If it costs me any more money, I don't want it. And the guy at the store said, no problem. No. And they were like, no, no, there's a two year service contract on it. It's all this to get it started, but it's $30 a month. After that, I was like, I, no, I don't want that. They were like, oh, okay. Um, you're just gonna have to talk to the folks at the store where you got. I went there. They brought it up. They're like, "Oh, this guy, he's gone." Yeah, he did shit like this all the time, so he's gone. Wow. I was like, "Okay, so what do I do?" They called AT and T, canceled. And they're like, "All right, uh, they're gonna email you a shipping label. Send it back." And I then I called back, and here's what I called AT and T after that. And I ended up wasting an hour and getting nothing out of it. But my point was, I negotiated in good faith with someone at your store and was told this. How do I know what else you've lied to me about and what is in my contract that shouldn't be there? Because the first person I talked to at AT&T said, oh, well, you know, you should have read your agreement. Wow. And I said, thing is, I got two receipts from you, but I never got an email of the agreement. She tried sending it. She was like, yeah, it's future reference. And I said, oh, just when I called back, I said, so essentially what your company said to me was, um, yes, the person at the store can tell you this is what the deal is and this is what you're signing, but you need to read the contract because they'll put whatever the fuck they want in it yeah. and it's on you if you haven't read it. Right. So there is no good faith negotiation. You'll tell me whatever you need me to, to hear to sign it right. and lie to me and then when I get the bill, it's like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't in there. That's not- So there is no good faith negotiation. No. Went through all that, sent it back. They're going to read like, well, you know, you're outside of the return, but we'll go ahead and do that. And I was on the phone when I was on the phone in the store with a woman. She said, "Well, it's outside of the return policy, so you know we'll, we'll go ahead and honor that." And I said, "Right now, that's the least you can do because I'm sorry. There's no other way to word this. You guys committed fraud. Yeah, this is fraud. Be thankful to my girlfriend that I'm not on the phone with a Better Business Bureau about you right now. Yeah, because this is ba- and again when I was talking to the guy at AT and T. This is the dictionary definition." of bait and switch. Mm-hmm. You set, you told me one thing, switched it to something else, then it's on me. This is fraud. And yeah. I'm sorry I keep using that word, sir, but you have, this is fraud. Yeah. And honestly, they should have just said, you know what, we'll cancel it, keep the iPad. Yeah, what the fuck? But nope, yeah. right, nope, send, Whatever. It, send okay, it back. Like, and in my mind, what I told Hope was, I cost them more money by sending it back. Yeah, Because they've course. got to do the refurb and then sell it as a refurb, so... Yeah. Oh well. Yep. So, mm. fantastic. fantastic. Now, is uh, even though you're in no way reminiscent of this person at all in any yes. way possible uh-huh. uh, or conceivable, um, mm. but I'm gathering now that Jeb Bush is more 
not the guy arguing about getting baited and switched at mm. AT&T, but more like the guy trying to get Home Depot to uh, honor the warranty that's a year out of date for his water heater. Yeah. And just exasperated well, that they won't take it back. I don't know what the problem is. Well, I've got better things to do. Yeah. Actually, Jeb Bush is, when you go to, when you used to go to Pluckers on Trivia Night. Right. And they'd be like, yeah, there's an hour wait. And somebody, people would be like, yeah, I'll, I'll just go somewhere else. Fine. Okay. We have yeah. a one hour wait. Sorry, but you can go somewhere else. When Nicole and I still lived down south in Austin proper, mm-hmm. uh, we walked into Maudie's as we were off to do. Yeah. And a guy in front of us, it was, a, it was Friday night, it slammed. Yeah. Of course. Walks up to find out the wait, and the hostess says, okay, par- uh, how many? Yeah. No. First of all, you ask me how I am. You say hello to me and ask me how I am. What the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my God. White person. That is Jesus. Burger King oh, yes. crown. Yes. For those who might not have heard our explanation before, whenever somebody gets power, a small amount, and it goes to their heads. The guy who's like, yeah, I just get in the left-hand lane and go under the speed limit. and Because, uh, hey, hey, it really doesn't get you there any faster. I, my image is that he goes home, rubs Crisco on his chest, puts on a Burger King crown, mm-hmm. and just looks in the mirror and flexes and gets off on how powerful he is. That motherfucker's a Burger King crown. Spot on the mirror, I'll never be clean. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I did not watch any of the debate, but I did see some Fuck of the... No. The shit from the soup on it. Mm. And from what I gather, yeah, the, all of the criticism CNBC is getting on it is kind of well-deserved. Uh, from what I from what uh, I understand. I yes. have never in my life seen a moderator at the end of somebody answering a question. Yeah, uh, just I want the record to show you didn't answer my question. Yeah. Bitch, have you ever watched a fucking debate before? Yeah. I'm sorry. There are so many times when the president, what do you, you know, people's taxes being raised. Don't you think? Well, you know, I... I I really don't think Warren Buffett should get a tax break. Okay, what the <laughs> fuck does that have to do with the question? It's th- that's what politicians fucking they do. do. Yeah. They answer the question they want to answer. They pick the part of the question so they can say the actual question. You know, what do you think about X? I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About nothing. Yeah. Then they ask. change it, and no. it's the only time I've ever seen someone called on it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one where evidently even the folks who work for for CNBC on the plane were like. Oh, we're gonna get slammed for this. Yeah, but at the same time, they're also getting eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. For the first time ever, yeah, they're getting eyes. But um, oh, before we get going any further, uh, let's get all the end shit out of the way right now. This is a film thugs movie show. Show is. Uh, We are going today to talk about the documentary, the Rolling, the Gimme Gimme Shelter documentary on the Rolling Stones' Nightmare at Altamont uh, by the Maisels Brothers. Uh, continuing our Criterion year. This is Criterion Spine number 99. If you want to comment on anything, we are at thefilmthugs at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit thugquestions at gmail.com. That way we'll get the question. Uh, somebody else will curate them, and we won't know what the questions are until we're actually answering them. You'll see how quick we can think. Um, so quick. Yeah, we're on Twitter, all that, uh, Facebook, Film Thugs, all that, www.thefilmthugs.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. We please haven't gotten do. a new rate or review for a long time. And we want to give a shout-out back to the Four Guys Drinking Podcast. Indeed. want to see how long we can keep the shout-out volleyball bouncing back and forth, so returning the shout-out. Uh, also letting you know, next week, I will be at a wedding, so we won't be able to record on Sunday. However, 
starting on Thursday of this week, there's going to be a week of Life Masters oh my. coming out. We're you're launching every day at around noon. And on Sunday, we are going to have the Whiplash show that we recorded and just haven't released yet. So it began as a five minutes with the film thugs and stretched out to a half an hour. Are you fired up? Yes. So go and see Whiplash if you haven't already. All right. Now I want to talk about a thing I read last night that I will affectionately title, Hey, Ted Nugent, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, it is about that girl who got choke slammed out of her desk and dragged out of a classroom like a fucking mop. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Ted Nugent statement. Obey and you won't get choked. Obey and you won't get tasered. Obey and you won't get pepper sprayed. If you want to be treated like an animal, don't want to be treated like an animal, don't act like an animal. Okay, I've read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and a lot of the founding documents. Do you know what word doesn't pop up a lot in those? Obey. Obey, yeah. yeah. So, Ted, when the kid uh, who wears the shirt with a rifle on it that is banned explicitly in the school dress code and gets thrown out of school, is your statement going to be obey and you don't get thrown out of school? Or is it going to be, hey, you have rights, blah, blah, blah. Everyone who's saying, well, the girl assaulted the cop. No, she didn't. Cop had her in a chokehold and was flipping her out of the chair, and she put her hands up in defense. Now, the following thing you're going to hear is coming out of the mouth of somebody with 10 years' experience as a classroom teacher and a master's degree in educational administration and leadership. In short, odds are I know more about this than you do. Right. So uh, in the 10 years I have taught classroom, how many times have I had to call a cop to get a cell phone away from a kid? Zero? Never. Yeah. Never. Here's the thing. If I was the principal of that school, first off, that cop would not be allowed back on campus, even if he hadn't been fired. That teacher, you're fucking fired. Mm. Because if you have so little control, and if your need for control is so great that you have to call a cop because a kid's on a fucking phone, you don't deserve to fucking be there. Yeah. I have kids on phones all the time. Do you know what my statement is? Look, you can ignore the lesson and be on your phone, but you cannot then complain to me when you fail class. If you fail my class because you refuse to do your work and you're on the phone, you cannot complain about it. Are we cool? All right. Everybody else here's what we're doing because that one kid on the phone went from being a distraction to that one kid to ruining that class for the day because if you were in a high school classroom where that happened, mm -hmm. how much attention are you going to be able to pay for the rest of that period? Sure. None. That class is over. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. There are a lot of people who throw out shit. Sorry, it is a child who was threatening no one, causing no harm, yeah. a little bit of annoyance, but no harm. If your response, if anyone sees the adult male put a chokehold on a student, rip her backwards over a desk, flipping the desk onto her, and then dragging her out of the room, and you're not a little bit horrified, then you're kind of a dick. Right. I'm sorry, there is a res there is a easy, respectful way to handle that, and it's not, all right, no, you're putting that away now. No, you're putting it away now. Yeah, it's there's got to be some other recourse. I can I, can you take every student out of the room and just mm. keep it between them and say, okay, here's uh, what's going to happen. Even We're with, calling your mother? Yeah. I mean, something. Yeah, here's, here's how I handle it. I'd walk up and go, look, keep your phone out, whatever. Don't distract other people. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be cool with you. You don't want to listen? Fine. You don't get to complain. Go ahead, play with your phone. Just don't distract anyone else. Are we cool? Fine. Right. Because you don't know what the fuck's going on with that kid outside anywhere else. That's true, yeah. You know? And like I've seen instances where kids have lost their shit and should have been handled more authoritatively. Mm. Even then we didn't. And it still ended up better than that. Right, yeah. I'm sorry. That's fucked up. You should not have to obey or fear 
for your life. Yeah. That's not right. Anybody who says otherwise, you don't get sympathy when it happens to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's just too many other things that could have been done. There's too mm-hmm. many options. Yeah. And I could pick out five and I have Yeah. Negative None. zero yeah. Yeah. experience with any of that mm-hmm. and know that there had to be something yeah. else that could have gone down. Well, and also, and this is again as a teacher. Another way it could have gone so down. the kids on her phone. Okay. Yeah. Even my principal says that. He's like, how many kids are on your phones in, in, in one or two? Okay. So why are you going to interrupt and distract the entire class and shut all of it down over there? Hey, man, put your phone away. They don't do it. All right, fine, dude. You don't get to complain. You right. don't get to complain. And if you're able to be on your phone throughout my whole class and pass, then I guess Kudos. you didn't need to pay more attention. <laughs> Sorry. It's, yeah. it's this authoritative shit that we've got going. Yeah. And people who are okay with this overly fucking authoritative everything, you have to realize what you're advocating. Because yeah. anyone who's like, oh, yeah, my, if it, I applaud them because they need more. If it had been your child... If it had been your yep. child and that had happened, what would your response be? Or the girl, the hundred pound girl in Houston who was on her phone in the hall because her mom has has dial has a problem with her kidneys is under dialysis and mm-hmm. dad couldn't find her, so dad was calling and texting his daughter. Right, and three cops attacked her, not attacked her, tackled her to the ground. She's like, "Yeah, they're twisting my arms behind me, and one of them has his knee on my head." Over. A cell phone. Yeah. Sorry, you want to know why kids don't trust us? That's why. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why. Sorry. I wouldn't trust you either. Mm-mm. Had that happen to me. Yeah. And th- then I looked into it, and, and well, I was looking through it. There's a cop in L.A. It's my favorite cop thing that I've ever seen on the news who's been writing traffic tickets for like 20 years. Mm. Tons of them. And he holds a record for the number of civilian complaints filed against him. Wow. Zero. <laughs> they were looking into it and like, this has to be a mistake. No, there's never been one. And they talked to him and this, he's an old, old black guy, but he's like, first thing I do is I get on the same level with you. I'm not above you. I'm not over. Hey man, what's going on? Look, got you doing this. This is what we got. Not license registration now. Like, yeah. Yeah. You come with that aggression. That's what you're going to fucking get. Yeah. Going, hey, so how you doing today? All right, back there, you didn't stop at that stop sign. You rolled through it. Need you to be more careful. Either give you a warning or a ticket. If you're talking to the person like a person, they're going to react to you like a person. Mm -hmm. It is fascinating. That's It's fascinating. But I just right now, with everything that's happening politically in this country, no, Quentin Tarantino's not the problem. Sorry. It'd be easy to say he was. No. He's not. He's not. I don't even know why. Why even focus on that? I, mm-hmm. I know why, because he's Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he, fuck that guy. Fuck yeah. whatever he's doing. If he's out if he's out for fucking brutality, yeah. or against brutality, or for cops, or against cops, yeah. or fucking unicorns, yeah. who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. He's just some dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. him. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Why does it matter? Yeah, gotta the, have... The, the bigger issues are what matter, not yeah. the fact that one guy out of a... 300 million decided, yeah, I have a voice. I'll use it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean I have to listen to your ass. Yeah. Or not listen to. Gives a shit. Yes. Yes. Uh, makes me nuts. It does. Well, and what's cool is that kind of pulls into sort of what we're uh, what we're talking about movie-wise today. Um, because 
when it comes to documenting and reporting shit, I am a huge fan of the way the Maisels brothers handle that. Mm -hmm. uh, Albert and David Maisels are by many considered to be the fathers of documentary filmmaking in America. Uh, they, you know, made amazing films like Salesman, Grey Gardens, mm -hmm. Gimme Shelter. Gimme Shelter is one of the better ones they've done. It's really, really engaging and really interesting. They fight like the devil to not make themselves part of the movie. Yeah. They're there and they're documenting it. They're reporting on what it is. They are not part of the story. Right. They try and be as objective and behind the scenes as possible. Sometimes they can't be. But the whole point of it is we want to show you what happened as objectively as we can. It's the complete opposite of Michael Moore. Exactly. They just want to do exactly yeah. the opposite. Mm -hmm. That's how Michael does his things. How can I not do that? Yeah, because Michael Moore is, every movie he makes is about him. Right. He shoehorns whatever issue he thinks should and, be and there. And knock yourself out if you want. I, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I'm not making. I'm not passing judgment yeah. on that. I'm just. But saying. the only thing Fuck I him anyway. The only thing I say is I don't even consider Michael Moore a documentarian. No, it's a propagandist. And exactly. And my reasons for that are are they're, they're legion. I have there are a million. There there is a, there are myriad yeah. reasons why I don't consider him one. And I mean the simplest is. If you look into Bowling for Columbine, the speech that Charlton Heston gives at the beginning of that, mm -hmm. he never gave. Right. They edited two speeches together. In Roger and Me, when he is speaking in front of the GE share the GM shareholders and they shut his microphone off, his bit was filmed a month later in an empty theater in Flint, Michigan. Yikes. That happened to someone else, but they made it be more. They made it his. Also, you know how in Roger and Me, he never got the interview with Roger? Mm. He did, <laughs> but just didn't use it. Oh, oh. Yeah. Jesus, just kill me. Slap, slap my face and uh, make me a vegan. And to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with mm. editorialization or pushing an issue. But do not tell me it is a documentary. Yeah. If that is what you're doing, because it, it isn't a documentary, again, nothing wrong with it. You've got the ability to get that message out there. I believe you have the right to. This Certainly. is First Amendment. No one can prevent you from doing it. But at least be honest. Just don't present it as one thing when yeah. it's actually something else. Yeah, like in Sicko, you don't get to criticize the use of scare tactics and then go on and use nothing but scare tactics. Right. It, it, you sorry, you can't. You know, well, you can, but you just can't call it a documentary. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you're criticizing it and then doing it, that's very hypocritical. Yeah. And just recognize what you're doing. Again, go out and do it. Yeah, you already have a built-in audience. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It can. That's all you're doing is preaching to your choir. Sure. Knock yourself out. And that's fine. But that's the Maisels. They fight to not be involved. Yeah. They they hold back, and this. So, for those who are unaware, in 1969, the Rolling Stones decided to do the what they called the anti-Woodstock. Right. A free day-long concert at the Altamont Speedway in the San Francisco area. Mm -hmm. And they were like, this movie might as well be called Why Being Cool is Not the Most Important Thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they hire the Hells Angels. Now, there's some dispute over this. As to whether or not the Hells Angels were hired to do security, whether they asked them, hey, could you hang out and keep people off the stage? 
There is a little... It's a, it's a gray area. Yeah, Sonny, uh, Sonny Bulger, right? Mm. Bulger? Barcher. Barcher. Sonny Barcher, the uh, the founder of the Hells Angels, said, mm. Mick said, you could sit on the stage and drink beer, just keep people off the stage. The Stones said, we hired them to do security. Right. Now, right off the bat, this thing was a fucking nightmare because they had parking for what? 20,000 cars? Uh, about 12,000. About 12,000 cars. 12,000 cars. And the attendance ended up being around 300,000. The shots of the crowd, the shots of cars pulling up, it was insanity. Oh, it looks like the present day, yeah. quote, refugee, yeah. unquote, crisis. Yes, yes. It's, it was ridiculous. Cars lining the roads for miles, yeah. pulling up to it. And the actual setup itself, it was a stage that was about waist high. Yeah. No barricade to keep the crowd Nothing. back. Not even a space. Not 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 even a gap. And no. the group of Hell's Angels sitting on the side of the stage. What? It's the perfect storm. It really was. It oh, really was. And right crazy. off the bat, whereas Woodstock had a much more peace, love vibe, this one had a different feel from the beginning. And, you know, I've heard people say that you could do that Woodstock thing. Well, obviously, they tried it again. Yeah. You could do it again. It was a spirit of the time. Yeah. It was the right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. It's like an acid trip for yeah. people who uh, have, have are more, more responsible yeah. than I. You're right. Um, it I goes in waves. It. Yeah. Uh, okay. A triple kick in. The hallucinations kick in. You ride the wave uh-huh. and it backs off. Okay. Wave in, wave out. Okay. Wave in, wave out. Woodstock just happened to happen on a good wave and right. on a good trip. Yeah. It just happened to work out that way. Yeah. There's no other way that that subculture yeah. could have ended any other way yeah. than Altamont. No, no. Now, uh-uh. aside from what we'll get into later, I don't know if necessarily a, a fucking stabbing to death right. resulting in a death. Uh, would have done it. Right. But violence was going to happen. He just kept the camera on longer than Woodstock yes. won. Yeah. That is what's going to happen. Well, yeah. Abandon and rampant drug use. Yeah. Like, what do you think's going to happen? It's weird. It's like Woodstock 2, there was, that was back in that period in the 90s when there was that quasi hippie resurgence. Oh, God, yes. That happened. Oh, terrifying. And then there was Woodstock 99. Mm. I still need to see the pictures that Smile and Lee Shipman got at that because he was at the stage because he's he was a big Chili Peppers fan. Mm. He was almost at the stage and turned around and saw the fires. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, and, and I remember people. Um, we'll call them journalists. We'll go with that. Journalists. Yeah, journalists. Journalist, sure. Question mark. Because those they exist said, these uh, days. They said, yeah. uh, oh, it's just, we're just a different. It's a different time with different people. Wrong. No. Same people. Yeah. It's human nature. You just happen to pull off right. fucking human beings yeah. in Woodstock long enough. That's yeah. all. Yeah. You just happen yeah. to catch a, a fucking aberration. Well, and the, the second one was, yeah, they, they were both in very similar veins. The problem with the third one was that it was like on a military base. <laughs> there was no way to get anything free in. There was, it was like yeah, 10 yeah. bucks for a bottle of water. Yeah, yeah. They didn't have free water. They had, you know, toilets that were overflow. It was like the third one was the most like rancid shit show of a half-assed planned yeah. nightmare that was going to go south. Was yeah. really going to go south. This one was, 
I mean, first off, it was free. So it was like, yeah, whoever, just come, just come. Yeah, whoever. And right off the bat, just from the cameras on the ground, the drug use was very different. Oh, yeah. It was very different. And, you know, Woodstock, yeah, they had partitions up. The stage was higher. People were kept at a distance from it. This just had a real free-for-all, what-the-fuck-is-going-on vibe here. There was just too much relying on the uh, kindness of strangers. Yeah. And the, good, the innate goodness of people. Right. What? I yeah. don't give a shit. People can be, if you believe they're innately good, that's fine. Whatever. I, uh, good or evil don't enter into the way right. I think. It's right. either bad, good, weak, strong. Yeah. That's how I yeah. operate. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. But it's 300,000 yeah. individuals. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Something's going to go sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Going to happen. I mean, and, and zero controls put in. God, I, no. Folks just showing up chugging wine out of jugs bad acid trips happening and there there god that the black guy who was on so he's like i'm just trying to get these people over here there's bad acid going on we need to make they did yeah, that he's, one guy's like hey yeah. uh, there may be an issue here pardon later me gentlemen uh, i think there's an issue and the guy's no, like no baby let me just do my job baby no, we don't want to bum a whole we don't want to have just a series of bummers for people yeah um, baby come on keep calling him baby there is bad drugs going on there causing bad no, look I don't want these people to have just a bunch of bummers baby we're trying to just keep this life free man can't we just be cool no no you can't no you can't not you're, with 300,000 yeah, people not when you're in charge no now what's interesting with this is there's a lot of musical numbers that are just allowed to play beginning to end mm-hmm. which are are cool because the way the Maisels do it is very we're all, ground level yeah you know if they're on stage they're right there you know they're they're behind the band they're not these big sweeping shots they're there yeah they are in the they're midst the fly of it. on the wall yeah so you feel kind of like you're a part of it yeah great shot behind the drum set at the uh one of the stones are playing yeah it's just probably a second and a half uh-huh fantastic Fan- yeah yeah better than any kind of sweeping crane mm-hmm. shot yeah modern video right kind of thing that's why I think the best concert video ever is that Beastie Boys one, hmm. where they just gave a hundred ca- cameras out to the crowd, film, and we'll we'll edit it together. You right. got to feel what it was like to be all over the place in that show. Right, and this very very real, and you know, showing the the Stones' reaction to a lot of it. You know, as they're going through the editing, and it from the beginning, it felt like this was. This was a drunken 2 a.m. idea that should have been left as a drunken 2 a.m. idea. Yes. But someone was like, oh, no, this would be great for everyone involved. <laughs> this is the, the uh, concert organization equivalent of let's all drive to Mexico tomorrow after yes. breakfast. Yes, uh-huh. Let's go, man. Come yes. on. Yes, great idea. Yeah. It's... Even the look in the organizer's eyes when uh-huh. they were um, putting it together. Right. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. No sense of urgency, no uh, organization, yeah, no yeah. anxiety, no not anxiety, concern, uh-huh. uh, uh, not even a fucking yellow pad, right? To, to make a list, uh-huh. you nope. know, is what no, we're doing. No, no. Now, honestly, had they had the barricade, had they had the Hell's Angels in the barricade, making sure shit stayed cool, maybe, May- maybe. Yeah. I, I think something was still gone down. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been so immediate. Yeah. I mean, those, it, the only thing keeping that 
horde of people from just killing the stones and ripping their bodies apart. Yeah. Was the fact that there was a ring of girls around the front. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I mean, okay. and hell, even when, you know, you've got Jefferson Airplane on stage, like, yeah, I want to thank the Hells Angels for knocking our lead singer unconscious. Right. Oh, holy okay. shit. Okay, there, little guitar player. Yeah. Tell him that. Yeah. And the Hells Angel gets right up on the mic. You talking uh, to me? Yeah. And in that guy's defense, at least the guy from Jefferson, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Like no, I'm not gonna fucking back off here. Good. What the hell? Good for you. Good. I hope, hope you hope you got your helicopter fast. Yeah, that yeah. Because in that instance, it was you look at his Hell's Angels with pool cues. Yes. Oh, oh my. my god! And when you are, because the thing is, when you have folks who are in that condition going to that kind of show, it's a real yeah, man. This is awesome. Woo, we're here. Having, and then you run into the authoritative no, mm-hmm. back the fuck like. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. you know, had, and had there been a better organization, it's like, hey man, that motorcycle's our life, and when you got it out there and someone's kicking it, like, okay, why were your motorcycles in the crowd? It's just, it's just like, why weren't they parked in the back away it's from the everything? Worst idea ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything it's in it. really not. It's one of those. These are individuals that are don't really give a shit anyway. Yeah, and yeah. they don't think twice. About knocking your teeth out or sticking you with a knife or yeah. what have you mm-hmm. because you looked at them the wrong way. Right. That's who they are. They yes. live in those extremes. Uh-huh. These hippie motherfuckers p- tossing around a, a gallon of Ernest and Julio's yeah. and getting high on bad weed uh-huh. or taking the wrong acid or whatever, they're all, you know, they're the the last gasp of the flower power movement just trying to yeah. see that, if we can have our Woodstock here yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah, one more, just one last let's, hurrah. One last, yeah, man, let's, well, let's keep it going. You know, mm-hmm. they still believe. Yeah. And you're up against people that they're doing this because this is the only way they can get their kicks. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad situation. It really it's was. It's a clash of cultures. Well, and the, and the, It doesn't work out. There was no level where it felt as though Actual control was had. No, you could because, like, like I was saying, yeah. there, you stumble into a security officer, a trained security officer. Yeah, they have protocols. Yeah, uh-huh. and and things they follow to keep the situation in check. Yeah, you yes, uh-huh. run headlong with your jug of wine uh-huh. into fucking mudfish. Yeah, from the San Fr- San Francisco chapter. Yeah, not only are you have to does does he not have protocols? Yeah, you just offended him or right. pissed him off or mm-hmm. uh, disrespected him and that's it. Yeah. Now he's got to seek revenge, not a protocol. Exactly. He's looking for retribution. Well, that's why I, news. Lenny McLean, who was uh, Barry the Baptist in uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, was a bare-knuckle ch- boxing champion. Yeah. He was a bouncer, all that. And I read his book and I saw a movie, you know, the, a documentary he did about being a club minder, about mm-hmm. being a... Bo- and he's like, he he is in that profession of security. He was like, our job is to make sure those kids who are there are safe and have a good time. Right. And when you have a group who's like, yeah, man, we were told we could sit on stage, drink beer, and just keep people from jumping on the stage. Okay, so what? Yeah. What? What? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. What? Uh, There's not a not a thing against the Hells Angels not at, at all. all. Yeah, that is their culture. They have those. Yeah, 
that ritual, all the things they do in their yeah. lives, that, that's their the thing. The Stones knew just, who they were bringing in. I don't think they did. Yeah, that's they should they have. At all. Yeah. I think they were just trying to be cool. Yeah, and as that, you say. again, being but, cool. Yeah, be cool, you know, everything's cool. No, everything's not cool. Yeah, it's not fucking cool. They don't care about yeah. you wanting to be uh-huh. uh, loving everyone and passing yeah. a joint around. Yeah. They know that they have free beer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. These are the guys who fucked up Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, they didn't give a shit about him either. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. Did you hear what they did? I believe they they used his car as a beer cooler. Yes. At one of the, the, after he pissed them off, they cut, the, they cut the, the hood off of his car and filled it with beer and ice. What did you expect? Yeah, that's who you're dealing with, doctor. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. You, you don't need to... Don't want to get eaten by a lion. Don't. Yeah. Don't go to the fucking jungle. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Doctor Thompson. And, yes. And in this situation, it wasn't the hippies' fault. No. They were just there doing their thing. And I don't even think it was the angels' fault. No. They were put in a circumstance where it's like, <laughs> fuck. What are we supposed to do? Shit. We're. Hmm. we're and even at points, the number of times, all right, the everybody. The China shop came to, they invited the bulls to the China yeah, shop. Yeah, they built the China shop around the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, they, Here. Yeah, come on in. Nothing bad could happen in this. Nope. But the the, the fact that even at a point, they're like, everybody, just cool out, Baby, man. Just come cool on, man. out. And then you get into that whole, it just step, step back and sit down. And if you sit down, we'll keep playing. The minute you start going into that, ooh, you are. Fucked. Yes. Oh, you're resoundingly fucked. And I don't want to make it sound like, because we don't really know. No, uh, we don't. If any other altercations happen, of course they did. Uh-huh. Three hundred thousand people. Right. Not like everyone hippie was there was just passing a joint uh-huh. throughout the entire crowd until they happened to hit a, a guy with a patch. Right. Nope. I'm sure some fights went down. And other people oh, got hurt. Hell yeah. Badly. Mm-hmm. It's just that we are focusing on what you could see well, in the tiny thimble of light. Yeah, because <laughs> if you look at the end of the show, it is darkness mm. with a little bubble of light on this tiny stage. And there are, I mean, we may be, if you look at it, there are, we were talking, you get 30 feet back from the stage, that turned into a nightmare. Yeah, anything could have happened. Yeah. We're lucky 30 people didn't die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, because if you look at it, the folks went out so far, it was like, I can't see where they end. Yeah. The, there was, that that was a bad scene. It's I just humanity say, as far the as board. the eye can see. Yeah, yeah. That one shot, it's before the stones are on, I think it's during the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yes. <clears throat> and the shot is, you talk about them being right there and on the same level. Uh-huh. Every, they took a, an almost 360 shot. They're surrounded by people. Yeah, yep. Surrounded. Sur- yes. And like, it's, Sky and human beings. Yes. That's it. And it's one of those where not only are they surrounded, but they're surrounded by people who are waist high on the stage. Yeah. That literally, I, if I fell forward, I would be on the stage. I wouldn't mm. run into it. I would literally physically be on it. Yeah. It was like like the, the logistical failures. There was no way that show could have gone off. No. I think the Flying Burrito Brothers got through a song. Uh, Tina Turner got through a song because fucking Tina Turner. Tina Turner. You, you shut know. up and listen. Yeah, Tina Turner. That's one where as soon as she gets on stage, she's like, hold on. Oh, Mick Jagger. Yeah. No, it's good to have a chick sometimes. Yeah, no, she ain't, she ain't I, a chick. That's a woman. That's a woman. Shut she, up. Actually, 
That's a fucking broad. Yeah, she, <laughs> Tina Turner. You just call Tina Turner a chick? Yeah. You <laughs> fish lip motherfucker. What is wrong with you? That is Tina fucking yeah. Turner. You show some no. goddamn respect. That I felt like John Malkovich in In the Line of Fire. Yeah. You are alive because Tina Turner has allowed you to be. Yes. So you show her some goddamn respect. Yes. She fucking Turner. Who's still... I told you this when she came on stage during that greatest press release ever when Ike Turner died. The exact press release was, Miss Turner is aware of Ike's passing. She will make no further comment. <laughs> it's so fucking great. Yeah, it's terrible, though, man, that, it, that Tina got through some stuff because Tina came up playing the, like, through, through the, I believe they called it at the time, the Chitlin circuit. Yeah. She came up through some crowds that if you didn't fucking take care of business, they let you know. Yes. They fucked with you. They let you knew you sucked. Yeah. If you fucked up, they let you know. Yeah. So she knew how to keep a crowd going. She knew how to keep a crowd interested. It's one of those things where, like Joe Rogan talks about doing comedy in Boston. He's like, those are hard fucking people who yeah. work hard in the goddamn cold. Yes. You know, you come up playing mostly black theaters in the South in the 60s. Those motherfuckers work hard and are treated like shit, and I'm here for some goddamn entertainment. Yeah. And if you don't entertain me, I'm going to let you know. <laughs> yes. This is not good. Yeah. And I, you know what? Stand. As fucking well they should. Yeah. I'm paying you. Fucking entertain me. Yeah. Dance. Dance. <laughs> but yeah, Tina controlled it. You know, the chick man, she took care of it. Yeah. Ugh. And Ike Turner is one of those ones that's so weird because he is he is one of the most important figures in the development of rock and roll. No doubt. Like I was telling you, you know the story about how he invented distortion, right? I do. Yeah, for those who don't know, Ant fell off the car, got got a, a hole punched through the speaker, this the the what was it, the speaker cone, mm -hmm. and he just balled up a piece of paper and put it in there, and that's where distortion came from. Again, the trogs and shit like that used to slice the speaker cone with razor blades to get distortion. Right. But yeah, I but we never will because he we will never see how positive his influence on rock and roll was because he was the guy who said shit like I only punched Tina with a closed fist once or twice because she wasn't smiling. Yes. <laughs> like when you're in, <sighs> when like Ike Turner answers the question, how awful of a person do you have to be before your contribution isn't really paid attention to? <laughs> that all. Uh -huh. Apparently. Yes. Ike Turner level. God damn. So Ike Turner and Hooch. Oh, man. But yeah, you look at it, Flying Burrito Brothers got a the, the Jefferson Airplane couldn't get through a song. No. The Stones couldn't get through a song. No. And what was weird to me is every Stones song felt slow. It felt like they were playing at like three quarter speed. Everything I'm like, wait, the tempo of Well, of they show different per, uh performances at the beginning of the of the yeah. movie uh -huh. during the tour. And they're high, higher energy or whatever. Uh, yeah. And Mick looks relaxed and what have you. Right. As soon as he hits the stage, before uh, anything goes down, yeah. to them, or mm -hmm. while they're on stage anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all you see is Mick working out nervous energy. Yeah. It's like, like, oh I boy. I am so terrified of <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen. <laughs> what are these Americans going to do? And he's skipping and dancing around. The guy from the Hells Angels looking at him like, there's one, yeah, there's that great shot of him looking at him like, fuck are you? What manner of. Man, is this? Yes. When what are you? Earth is happening here. 
I'm going to watch this for another moment. Huh. Just get out of my fourth tour. And yeah. The only thing that keeps me from putting a gun in my mouth is riding this bike with my brother. Exactly. And is that a feather in your pocket? Is <laughs> he wearing a black and orange? No, huh? no, no, man. What the fuck hey! are you? What? What? what are you? The show can begin. Hello, Digby. Because Digby's here. Hello. Hi. Hi. I don't know what's happening downstairs. Oh, I want to come up and say hi. Oh, god damn, I love dogs. But, um. You're not my dad. <laughs> Whoa, Digby. Digby, how dare yeah. you? But yeah, that, it, it's, had it been done any other way, I would question how accurate it was. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's the Maisels, the fact that it is guys who are like, no, we can't, we cannot involve ourselves in this. We can sit there and say, yeah, you run this back. We can show you this. Yeah. It would have been a different story because I would have felt like we're getting the version that the filmmakers wanted us to see instead of what happened. And this was very much what happened. Ironically, the one number they actually got all, almost all the way through was under my thumb before yeah. it went down. Yeah, and when it went down. Now, there was one that I remember hearing about, like, yeah, Hell's Angels just stabbed this guy to death. Right. And I was like, fuck, that's, uh, fuck that. And they, they claimed he had a gun. The articles I read on it were oh, very, yeah, yeah. very slant. It was like they claimed oh, he had a gun. And then you see the replays of it, and it's like, Oh my God, that guy's got a gun. He just have a gun. Yeah. He has wide Earp's gun. Yeah. He, he has the gun of guns. Exactly. It's obviously, you see it in a shot, and then he's Long pointing it. Long barreled revolver. Yeah. I'm talking about a snub nose. Uh-huh. Well, maybe it's a fist. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't a zip gun. This was a fucking for real pistol. Yes. And he's aiming it, and you see this Hells Angel dive in with a knife and boom. Back of the neck. Back of the neck. And the guy died. Yeah. And it sucked, but you look at that like, Fuck, this guy had a gun in a crowd of 300,000 people and didn't seem to care too much where he was pointing it. No. He just had it out and God help you if he got in the way. Right. And that was a... And there was... I I can't count the reaction time of how fast that angel had his blade out. Yeah. It was just gun out, down. Yeah. As soon as his arm was extended with that uh-huh. rifle, uh, rifle, pistol, so, yeah, knife. Yeah. It's like he saw the pistol, got the knife out, saw it come up, and he was over. That's it. That's what a lot of people don't realize with the angels is what you said. I just got off my fourth tour. Uh, th- that No, you react. Yeah, the biker gangs were mostly ex-military. That's how it started. In those days. Yeah. Those were guys who like, yeah, yeah, you know, rode my first motorcycle when I was in the service. Mm. You know, because they had those there. Fuck yeah. Even the it. older clubs. It's yeah. because they were in planes or they were in the war yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. Booze fighters. Forgive me out there if you know more about this right. than I do. Right. But some of the earlier clubs that predated the, the Angels, uh-huh. that's what they were. Yeah. They, they came back from extreme situations and couldn't go back to regular life. Yeah. And because we didn't, at the time, we didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, now we do little. Fuck. You know. We started. Yeah, we do as close to nothing as possible. Yeah. But now we're above it. Whereas back in those days, as Patrick Stewart said with his dad coming back, it was pull yourself together, man. Yeah. That was treatment for PTSD back then. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I remember George Carlin did a whole bit about how it used to be called shell shock. And now we call it post traumatic stress disorder. Like maybe if we call it shell shock, these boys will get the help they need. Sorry, George, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. 
the minute we called it post-traumatic stress disorder was when we actually admitted it was a problem and started dealing with it. Uh, it was originally called Battle Fatigue. Yeah. Uh, check out the documentary from Netflix. Called, uh, you can get it off Netflix. You might have to get the disc, but it's called War Torn. Mm -hmm. Gandolfini produced it. It's outstanding because right. it talks through what that shit is like. And you get these guys who come back and there's a group of dudes like, yeah, we understand. We know what it's like. Hey, you know what? Hey, we'll ride our bikes. We'll sit around. We'll drink. We'll talk. Yeah, you work it out. You work it out. You work it out. That you, that's the most you, male way of dealing with you it. Came you came back know? from a place where, and this could be any military necessarily, it doesn't have to be military. Yeah. But a group of people in an extreme situation, that's your tribe. Yeah. Then you're rocketed out of that tribe and spit back into this world yeah, where people and, don't understand. Yeah, well, you can't uh, possibly understand. No. So you find another tribe. Uh -huh. A small group of people you can put all your loyalty into exactly. and give it all back. Yeah. Your people. You know, not yeah. your people, not your problem. They found their people. Yeah. And your your people. These aren't just some buddies. Yeah. At Hell's Angels uh -huh. in this particular situation. These people are wedded to each other for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. You know, Mannerbund in yeah. every in every yeah. possible conception. Yes. And these are just some drunk ass hippies. Yeah. Getting in the way of their free beer or whatever, yeah. whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it's just a fucking tragedy. Yeah. That one of the people there, for all we know, it could have been one other guy's fault. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But we whatever know, happened, yeah. okay. you don't pull a fucking gun out. No. Uh huh. Without yeah. someone turning the lights out on you. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened mm -hmm. by somebody who is used to dealing with more extreme situations than you in your green suit. Yes. Yes. I mean, and that was that that is really the heart of it. I mean, it's Rollins in one of his things talked about the uh, the old teacher that he had who they didn't have the term for, it, but was PTSD. Right. He'd been in Nam, you know, and that was back at a time when Nam was a couple years back. Right. And they did a thing once where a guy turned his back to the class and was writing and everyone like held their books up and dropped them at the same time. Oh, my God. And the guy hit the floor. And it's one of those. And I love looking at Hope and I were talking about this last night for all the shit he gave Henry Rollins as a teacher. He would be the teacher that he hated the most. I think he knows that. Yeah. And I think he's sort of started to realize that now. Where it's I like, think he knows that. I think there's a reason he never got married and had kids. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. knows exactly what would happen at a certain yeah. point. point yeah. where he's pushed. Uh, but with that, it is. and that's, Or maybe he doesn't. Excuse me. Let me rephrase yeah. that. That sounds awful. Right. Um, he knows that there's potential right. for something. Right. He may or may not go there. Uh-huh. So, but he's not rolling but, any dice. Exactly. Right. And that's what's like, I am a huge proponent of knowing who you're dealing with. Yep. Not a proponent. I'm, I, I, like, I stress the idea that in any circumstance, you have to know with whom you are dealing. Yes. You know, with whom you are dealing. Uh, it's the, yes, it's wrong to hit a woman. But as a, a woman, you have to realize if you hit a man, you better be 100% sure he feels the same that. way. Yeah. Because the minute yeah. you hit him, you got someone who think you might have someone who thinks, well, fuck you then. Hello, and, hey, what? And, what? And can swing back. It, this is one of those, it was like uh, the Joker in the Dark Knight. Hmm. They went with someone they didn't understand. Right. And in, exactly. in this, they got some people they didn't understand. Yeah, these guys will swing shit and take care of business, but you don't get that they aren't coming from a, well, we're security guys. They are, no. yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking Green Beret. Yeah. And you, I'm a ranger. You don't swing on a ranger. You don't pull a gun 
on a ranger. No. You just don't do it. No. And so that's, and I'm not, this is not some, well, that motherfucker deserved whatever. No, but, no, 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 no. No, it was. You're just, you just put it perfectly. Yeah. You are dealing with people you don't understand. Yeah. Not yeah. a judgment. Not no, good, bad, not or at all. Not you at all. You just don't understand them. Uh-huh. And you are mixing the thickest of oil yeah. with the thinnest of waters. Oh, yes. This is not going to work out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It just isn't. It, it's a, it's fascinating to see so many bad decisions yeah. being made at the same time. Exactly. This Officially, is, even yeah. before any yeah. of this happens. On an official the, level, yeah. Organizers are like, yeah, that sounds good. No, we, we, what do you think, Sheriff? Well, I've got, uh, that sounds good. What do you think, we, landowner? I've got uh, 100 acres. They can park 100 cars per acre or whatever he says. We've we've launched, we, we've announced this, and the day we announced it, yeah, kids are lining up in airports in New York to fly in for it. They're camping out this morning to get into it. Because oh. we announced it without having any it, We didn't any have it fucking locked okay. in. Oh. And it's, I, I love to use analogies, as you all know. They basically just said, we're going we're gonna to line the stage with fucking kegs of gunpowder and yes. give everybody a sparkler. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Like, seriously. Exactly right. That is exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And had this been thought out more, had they brought in people like, okay, well, we need to have... Six feet between the stage and the audience with a barricade this high and the stage needs to be this high. Uh, we can have security points at this, this, and this. We need to have cordons here so that the audience get... Had they been listening to that fucking black guy, he was like, we need to get them to fuck off the side of the stage. Yes. I'm trying to keep shit... And, and he... Bring him in in the early planning stages and I could just see him being like... Because more um, than likely, hold he comes on. from an extreme... Uh, grew up in an extreme neighborhood where it's yeah. like, hey, man, you don't have this many people together without something yeah. going wrong. He goes, pardon me. You British uh, motherfucker. You think everything's uh, going to be okay? Yeah. You keep passing this joint around and you jug wine? Yeah. Crazy fuck? Stop. Yeah. Don't listen to me. No, baby. I'm no. just going to do my thing, baby. Yeah. Fucking idiot. Like Woodstock, I, there, there is, there has to have been a negative side to Woodstock that just doesn't oh, get reported. Of course there was. Of course there was. But you, yeah. can't, you can't report that. It fucks no. up the narrative. Exactly. It was, it's, I can't say it's the the birthplace of emotional political thinking. Right. But if it's not, yeah. it's damn sure the nursery. Well, and if you then look at it... My God. You have... Look at the peace sign made of trash. Yeah. Yes. What a brilliant symbol. No. no. It's a peace symbol made of trash. Yes. It's almost like you're making my point. Exactly. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then... But but I think a lot of... That, that Altamont helped... The narrative of Woodstock, because oh, yeah, Altamont yeah. hits, and suddenly it can be like, nope, it all happened there. Right. This was an idealistic expression of love and peace and harmony, un, un, unadulterated, unfazed, or undamaged by. That's where all the fucked up shit happened. Yeah. No. 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 Because you decided to not believe in what is, and and rather in what you wanted. To exactly. Be. Yeah. Because no, that's just not a good idea. Well, I'd rather be strong than wishful. Exactly. And, yeah. and Altamont was just one big wishing well. And this right here, because if you look at, there was the, uh, the Woodstock documentary, the motion picture of Woodstock, edited by Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Yeah. Who then went on to direct music from Big uh, The Last Waltz with the band. Yeah. And had to rotoscope the cocaine off of Neil Young's nose because apparently oh dear the term mountain of cocaine is often used there were mountains 
It was a range of cocaine. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so he said the, the fucking cascade. Andes. Of, <laughs> like that's the Great yeah. Rocky Mountain. They had Everest of cocaine yeah. in the back of that thing. But in this one, because it was the Maisel's brothers there to capture it. Yeah, the Maisel's do not that like you want to talk about principled and ethical filmmakers. Mm-hmm. These guys. I, they there there was a guy who made this documentary called Michael Moore Hates America. Oh yeah, and he talked about you know go, trying to get all these interviews and talking to uh, I think it was Albert Mazels about mm-hmm. it, and uh, you know yeah we're doing this and he goes so what's the movie called and he goes and th- like there was a freeze frame he's like and now I'm gonna have to do this, I'm going to have to tell the father of documentary filmmaking, the man who has you know done this who is the absolute hands off that my movie is called Michael Moore Hates America and he yeah. said. It's called Michael Michael Moore Hits America. And Albert goes, yeah, I think he might. That was the response. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he might. It was kind of fucking mad. That's but beautiful. These guys who were, no, you are 100% upfront about what you're filming. Yeah. You do not interfere. You do not inject your version of what it is. You aim to be as objective as possible. Now, total objectivity is an impossible of fairy tale. Of course. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But you can strive for it. And the fact that their benchmark, their personal goal, this is going to be as objective as is possible. That's an admirable goal. I I will argue that's the only goal you should have as a documentarian because as I wrote a paper about this back when I was in college in film school, your job as a documentarian is to document, document, not to propagate an idea or push your, your angle on it. The reason that I don't like the Michael Moore films, I like them on a certain level, but Michael I Moore think Roger says, and Me is a very yeah, entertaining yes, movie. Yes. I am going to make a movie. movie that shows how fucked up this is, that shows this should be done this way, that shows this. And it's like, wait, what if what you find doesn't back up what you set out to find? Isn't that what happened with Michael Moore Hates America? Didn't they yes. start to bolster? No, 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 no. There was one that they, that was set out to show about it. Was, it, uh, it was called Manufacturing Descent. That's the one. was the movie about Michael Moore where it was like, we, we made this movie as a fuck you to all the Michael Moore haters. Right. And too far into it, we, we realized, no, there are very valid criticisms. Right. Not to say that he's terrible or what he's doing is no, bad, no, no. but many of the criticisms of what he does are valid. Right. And so that right there, if there is not that possibility in what you're doing, if in making a movie there is not the possibility that your idea could be wrong, then you are not making a documentary. If you are under no, like, uh, yeah, no matter what, I'm going to prove this and you prove it. Think of it like this in science when you're, because I view documentaries as being like science experiments. If you say, yes, I'm going to do a science experiment that will prove this, right. how much are you going to be able to trust the findings? Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, in, in, in uh, Spurlock's Supersize Me, I'm going to show how bad McDonald's is for you. He might have said, I wanted to see if it is, but he set out to show you how bad it was. Right. And with him, I, Morgan Spurlock does some interesting shit. 
every movie Morgan Spurlock makes is about Morgan Spurlock. Pretty much. Uh, and if you really look into Supersize Me, that movie is, I believe the term to use in this is bullshit. Yeah. From beginning to end. It, there, He never published a food log. You do not know what he ate on any given day. Multiple people have attempted to duplicate the results of his experiment. Nobody has been able to. And if yeah. you do the math off of his, what, what did he say, 5,000 calories a day? Yeah, it doesn't add up with what he no. says he ate. There's too much of that shit where it's like, I'm going to do this. And there is this ready and waiting audience saying, yes. Yeah. So that they will sort of ignore, oh, wow, this is a little, I, I'm sorry. Which for, is terrible. Yeah. Why would you even want to be that? Yeah, Don't what? you want to have the same ironclad evidence on your side? Yeah. Like, I Not like, just fucking suppositions? Yeah. Like, Bowling for Columbine, I thought was an entertaining film. But when he gets to a point that he is talking about, you know, the nuclear weapons, because there's oh, a research yes. for, being driven through, and I, well, maybe these children thought, that that because of these weapons of mass destruction going through that like wait a minute are you attempting to to tie the presence of defense industry in that area to the mentality that allowed these kids to do this yeah okay you just went a bridge too far and now that sort of um not just doc documentary filmmaking but reporting yeah. news yeah, uh, this past week or week before, when um, the World Health Organization came out with processed meat will cause cancer. Oh, okay, whatever. Okay, but the way this was um, broadcast, uh -huh. well, this is I'm, I'm obviously paraphrasing. Yeah. It went something along these lines. Vegans have a reason to be excited now. Uh huh. Okay, let's stop there. Yes. Why do they have a reason to be excited? Yeah. Why would they care? I'm sure some of them will, but yeah. now you're, you're saying you're casting dispersions on an entire group of people yeah, you're, that may or may not give a shit yeah. that this causes cancer. Why would they be happy that it causes yeah. people cancer? Oh, you get cancer right yeah, on. See, I yeah. told you. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, you're, you're kind of making out vegans to be the people that but, will walk an, a mile of ur urinals to get to you and tell you that they're vegan. Yeah. Then what you're eating is wrong. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. But that's bad enough. Uh -huh. Then says that processed food and X amount of, uh, it's not processed food, processed meat uh -huh. and bacon and sausage or whatever, X amount a day can lead to cancer by whatever number. Oh, no, I can actually. But the best part of the report uh -huh. is, what about red meat? Quote, probably carcinogenic, unquote. Yeah, that's So it, now we're in yeah. the science of probably. Is that a repeatable result? Well, here's the thing. Here's what it is. From what their study found. And I'm going to quote the number the way it is. And then I'm going to give you what that number actually means. Because okay. this is what people don't pay attention to. If you eat processed red meat or processed meat, your chances for getting colorectal cancer increase by, increase by 18%. Here's how that number works, though. Because 18% sounds, sounds significant, doesn't right. it? For somebody who does not eat processed meat, there's a 5% chance of getting cancer, colorectal cancer. If you do, there is a 6% chance. But what is the difference percentage-wise from five to six? Oh, wow. That is a 20% difference. In the grand scheme, in the appreciable actual what will happen, it is a 1% increase. <laughs> However, it can be put, I mean, that's like saying if you went from five to 10%. Yeah. 
that's a that increases your chances of getting cancer by 100%. It doesn't increase that to 100%. Mm. It increases it by 100%. We'll even go simpler. There is a 1% chance of this happening. If you do this, there is a 2%, there's a 3% chance. You are over 200% more likely <laughs> right. for this to happen in this circumstance. Right. And it's again, first off, vegans have a reason to celebrate. Yeah, you got cancer. <laughs> yeah. If your reaction to somebody getting cancer is <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I mean, what kind, you need to choke on all the dicks. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, smoking and tobacco use causes cancer. If you met yeah. somebody who got it because they smoked, you'd be like, well, tch, told you to stop smoking, stupid. Yeah, dumb, dumb. No. 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 It's, it, it's one of those things where it's an easy number to report, but nobody really understands. Like, Hope and I have talked about this before. But it seems like it's only being produced so other people can say, gotcha. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's bad enough that there's already gotcha to begin with. Oh, yeah. But yeah. so, out, out there in the gotcha wars... Here's uh-huh. some more bullets. Well, I think, and Hope and I have discussed this before, and I think I've mentioned it on the show. Everyone should have to take a statistics class <laughs> because statistics are used everywhere. Yeah. Everybody should have to take a class that shows you how this shit actually works. Right. And yes, they say it's probably cl- it, like they're the classification likely cars to probably carcinogenic. Probably. And it, it then became, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Okay, if we say, hey, there is a negligible increase in the chance of getting cancer if you have this, that ain't going to move papers, that ain't going to clickbait, no. that ain't going to no, bring no, no, eyes. To, but if you say red meat causes cancer, yeah, that is an attention-grabbing sentence that is bullshit. Right. It is utter bullshit. Um, but <laughs> that's where we are now because oh, it's sensationalism, you know, Morgan Spurlock. Oh, I ate. And if he had done something where it's like, yeah, I ate McDonald's and I gained a little bit of weight, but by and mall, by and large, there was no problem. No one's going to go see that movie. <laughs> probably shouldn't eat McDonald's every day for every meal. Yeah. This is probably Not a bad sexy thing. documentary. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you wonder if, um, give me shelter were filmed today and certainly not the Maisels. Mm-hmm. Um, who've up to this point um, demonstrated their integrity. Yeah, yeah. You think they would have edited that shot? Probably. Edited the gun? Well, it, because here's the thing. It depends on what the narrative they're trying to go for is. Mm-hmm. Even with this, you could tell the prevailing uh, media narrative was the Hell's Angels caused yeah. a nightmare at, it caused the nightmare at Altamont. So that's the prevailing narrative. Yeah, you don't show the shot where you can see the gun in the movie because all you see is a knife. Yeah, yeah, all that is like here's a guy in a fight. Here's the Hell's Angel guy stabbing him. We have just proven our thesis. I really, genuinely think. Yeah, you're right. If that was shot today, um, click, click, click across Facebook. And yeah, it would it have to be somebody who is either really, really ethical, which doesn't really exist, or it <laughs> would be well, we have to go with what the prevailing narrative is. And the prevailing narrative was, look at what this... Ha- I mean, again, that's just my supposition. Right, so yeah, I don't yeah. have anything 100% on that. I know, I know. But I, I'm just... Yeah. I have to lean back and go... Oh, because yeah. Because it's so... It's, that's what, that's what would It's what would happen. Yeah, it is. That's my I mean, scientific. That yeah. probably Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's... Let's be honest. That's exactly what would happen because that's where we are now. That news has become... shit, man. News has become 
clickbait. It's not about information. <sighs> we don't have. You're nothing but an egg sucking dog. Like look at look at what talk shows have become now. Back in the day, a t- talk shows were shit like Merv Griffin. Mm. Talk shows were things like Dick Cavett, where it would be actual conversations. You mm. talk, you know, political leaders would come out and talk. Yeah. Now, it's one sided on everything. It's Bill Maher with his 100 percent one sided one way. It's Sean Hannity with yeah. his 100 percent. It's Bill O'Reilly doing what's best for you. It's all of, you know, Chris Matthews, it's all of this bullshit that is designed to get one group. It's why I stopped arguing politics on Facebook. It's one person trying to either make the people who don't agree with them feel or look stupid. No. Or get the people who do agree with them to stand up and cheer. And if I post anything politically these days, uh, it's it's in ridicule. Yeah, of yeah, one group or the other. Because that's all we've got now is just to make fun of it. It's so fucking yeah. ridiculous. But we've lost that ability in the way we talk because it is what sells. Okay, well, people yeah. giving absolute opinions, regardless of whether or not they have anything to back that up, regardless of what the actual facts are. Uh, we're yeah, we we need this. <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. No. No, it, it, it isn't. It isn't. And it gets more and more frustrating the more you look yeah. at it because, no, there is a, there is an opportunity right now for discourse. And, and that interesting discourse is coming out through things like podcasts and through independent means. Oh, absolutely. But the mainstream, the more we do this... The more the more that the that the real talk goes over there, the more it becomes carnival barker nonsense on the major networks. Uh, yeah, I was had a Halloween party at the house last night, and one of my good friends who is, works at high level of IT uh-huh. doesn't listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. In fact, he didn't know how it worked. Nice. Uh, like okay, no so I pick up should. my phone and I show him. You know, this is my app for uh-huh. it. Separate now on uh, the Apple uh-huh. product. And show him all the things. I said, here are my podcast. Like, my God, it's a lot of them. And they're all relative alternative uh, philosophy, news, strength. Right. The sh- shit I'm into. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Said, What's all that? Like, well, it's all X, Y, and Z. Yeah. On whatever topic. I'm like, wow. I'll have his... I think I listened to one on NPR. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about concentrated level. That's all you're getting? Yeah. That? Mm-hmm. No wonder. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I mean, the fact that you can get these really fascinating things, you know, Joe Rogan getting a three-hour talk with somebody. That's just never going to happen. It doesn't make a fuck what side you're on. Yeah. NPR has good information yeah. as well as anything. I'm yeah. not bagging on NPR. Uh-huh. <clears throat> or Joe Rogan. The information's there. Yeah. That's the point. Whether exactly. you agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. I haven't even heard that episode. I'm just saying right. that in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the information is there, but you have to look for it because the people that are giving it to you and on mass yeah. and mainstream, it is bullshit. It is absolute bullshit. Bullshit. Uh-huh. It's scary. And I mean, and we are just, they are distracting us with the most pointless, pointless bullshit on it, too. Oh, my God. You know, I'm sorry, like... Uh, from what I understood, I didn't watch the Republican debate. It was a step away from gossip the whole time. It yes. might as well, like, you know, I think Jeb Bush at one point was like, they asked me about fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, he was, someone asked him something. I didn't watch it. I'm just going right. from reports. And then Chris Christie said, are we talking about fantasy football? Which is perfect. So then he can then jump on his soapbox. Of, Let's talk about the real issues. Right. 
the guy that scored the most points apparently was uh-huh. Ted Cruz. Right. When he when it launched into you know the your questions are geared towards. Uh, Dr. Carson, can't you do math? Uh-huh. Jeb Bush, when do you, uh, you know, Rubio, why can't you do your job? Uh-huh. Jeb Bush, why are you falling in the polls? But when we went to the Democratic debate, it was, which one of you is more handsome and wise? Yeah. Yeah. Whether you agree or not, right. it doesn't make a shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the fact that someone had enough n- nuts to say, this is bullshit. Yeah. Even if what he believes is bullshit. Right. He just right. had enough of this, is stupid. Of this yeah. one-sided shit. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. if the boot were on the other foot yeah and bernie sanders d- pulled the same thing yeah you'd hear a very different narrative. oh yes he would be it's just a th- fucking yeah. fact yeah i don't think everybody's in the tank one way or the no, other no uh-uh. but if if you have 10 journalists in the in the universe of journalism yeah, yeah. and four of them are uh-huh. it's too many what the fuck yeah. man yes yes <laughs> i the, the, I guess I miss the idea of some level of ethics connected to it. Some ethos pulled in. The, I mean, w- you, you have, I don't know. We've just got so much that we could and should be doing Real and things here. you can talk about, real issues. Yeah. We, we mentioned the vets earlier when talking about the Hells Angels. Yeah. We're, talk, we're asking why Rubio's not... At half of his votes, because, well, he's running for president. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. But we're not talking about how this country treats vets. Nope. We're talking about, on the other side, on uh, on on uh, the Democratic debate, what can be done and not done for illegal aliens, benefit-wise or non-benefit-wise. Right. But we're not talking about what we can do for vets. Yep. These are real issues. Yeah. Instead, let's try to pick out... A bouquet of cleavages between human beings mm-hmm. and drive wedges. Yeah. Let's see how far I can keep you separated from someone who thinks differently. Yeah. When I had a four-hour-plus conversation, or I felt like it, uh-huh. uh, conversation with two friends of mine, dear friends from college. Yeah. Couldn't love them more. Uh-huh. They were on the absolute opposite side of me politically. Yeah. Never came up once. Exactly. Not once. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's because we have so many people like, I don't even talk to somebody who voted for Like, what the fuck is is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You should be talking to those people. Yeah. And if all you can, like, the negativity. If nothing else, to strengthen your your arguments. Yeah. The negativity that's connected to politics in this country disgusts Uh me now. And what gets me even worse is when I talk about it, it's like, well, yeah, it's because the Republicans are so bad. Oh, yeah, the, the Democrats are so. You saying that, you're part of the problem. Absolutely. By saying that, you have just become a bigger part of the problem because, yeah, okay, yes, you're right. The other side is 100% to blame. 100%, I'm going to, you are correct. They are 100% wrong. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and? Yeah. Does it matter? Yeah. I mean. And? The antidote's still the same. Yeah. Regardless of who's out to get you. Exactly. Or yeah. what group's aligned against another group. Uh-huh. My response is always the same. And? Yeah. So what? Yeah. Who fucking cares? Right. Does it really, really matter that this is a... No, it doesn't. And that's the simple truth. No. No. But we don't don't have that. Everyone loves seeing... Because it is a visceral reaction. Everyone loves seeing my side has been proven correct. Or even more so, their side looks like idiots. That said... Uh-huh. I think if they have another match, the Undertaker will beat Brock Lesnar. 
I think that's a wholly possible possibility. I believe it. Yeah. Uh, that's where we are. That's where we are. <laughs> but it's just, it's so refreshing to see something like this where the ethics are there. They're showing it to you. They're, they're showing, yeah, yeah, you know what? And the Hell's Angels were kind of bad, but they were a symptom of a larger problem. Mm-hmm. Whereas at the time, the narrative was the Hell's Angels caused this. Yeah. But when you actually saw it, it was no promoters, artists, everyone up and down the line was so concerned with it being cool, baby, and groovy, and we're taking care of all of this. They were more concerned with that than the safety of people at the event. Yeah. And the event actually going off the way it needed to. Yes. And that's a problem. That's what the problem was. And I'm glad that this movie exists in that way because it's able to show, here's what the fuck is wrong. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. It is kind of awesome. A great example of if you're going to make this kind of film, this is how yeah, you do it. Exactly. And it'll have the lasting power that this has, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the other ones will be forgotten with time. Exactly. And many are already are. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so outstanding work. If you haven't seen it, hopefully we didn't ruin too much of it, but I think it's worth checking out. We did all of our plugs at the beginning, so now mm-hmm. all that comes next is say, next week it's going to be our show on Whiplash. Check us out, because starting Thursday, it's going to be a whole lot of Life Masters. Uh, so we're gonna have like ten days of programming to make up for us not being here, and then when we come back, we will be watching <sighs> The Rock Fantastic. Criterion Spine Number One Hundred Eight, Michael Bay's The Motherfucking Rock. I cannot wait because it means we might, we might possibly. Have a return appearance, <laughs> Michael Bay of Michael Bay. Yes, uh, if you haven't been there, Michael Bay's production meetings are the shit. <laughs> <clears throat> Man, so uh, I think that about sums it up. Anything else we need to say? Love, peace, and taco grease. Exactly. See you next time. That's right, baby. Less violence at a Slayer concert. (laughs)